Hallelujah. 
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you willing? Are you fully trusted in graces? Or are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the blood, in the soul? Cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are you garments spotless or they white as snow? You washed in the blood of the Lamb. Decide the garments that are stained with sin. Then be washed in the blood of the Lamb. How does fountain flowing for the soul unclean? I'll be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood? In the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are you garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Thank you, young people. <clears throat> Today I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke in chapter 1. Luke in chapter 1, where I want to bring a message today. I know it'll be just a little bit different than what you may be expecting. But I want to talk about a man who brought forth the herald that a Savior was coming. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 67, and while you're turning there, once again, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just inside of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel, and we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. As we look across our congregation this morning, we're, we're very thankful for, for the blessing of, of all these children. I'll tell you, I believe I counted 27 young people up here singing. And you know, here in a little while, as the Lord continues to hold the rain off, we're going to go out and uh, sing carols to the community and to the shut-in and I'll tell you what a blessing that will be with all the saints of God gather around and sing the songs of praise and be an uplift to those in our community. And I pray the Lord will allow that to transpire in that way. Pray God's blessing. But as we look at this scripture today, I want to focus upon an individual that I believe was very important. In Luke chapter 1 verse 67, the Bible says, and this is, of course, the, the prophecy of Zacharias. <clears throat> and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people. He hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the servant David. He spake by the mouth of his only prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant, the oath which He sware to our father Abraham, that He would grant us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve Him without fear in holiness, in righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto the people by the remission of their sin. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high had visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit and was in the deserts 
till the day of his showing unto Israel. I want to bring a message today simply entitled, The Redeemer King is Coming. This was John the Baptist's proclamation to all who would hear. John the Baptist was a man who brought forth the word of truth. It was the word of hope to a dark and dismal world. John the Baptist brought forth the hope that a Lamb of God was going to come and die on the cross of Calvary to pay our sins that we might have life and have it more abundantly. This, my friend, was the message of John the Baptist. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. Yet our hearts are burdened today, Lord. And Father, I pray that you will make yourself known in this house. Lord, that thy spirit may have free reign as thy word goes forth today, that souls may be saved, they may be changed, brought out of darkness and into the light. Lord, as we rehearse the message of John the Baptist, let our minds go back there for the reason of our celebration even this day, the celebration of the birth and life of Jesus Christ our Lord, the miraculous virgin-born Son of God who came to take away the sin of the world. Lord, I pray that you will open up the windows of heaven upon us today. Pour out upon this company, Lord, a great blessing, a blessing which cannot be denied and which will be felt by every individual in this house. Lord, may your glory fill this place today. May we know it. May we reverence it. May we be it all in what you've done for us in sending and giving your only Son that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, I pray, give us freedom of speech and power. Give us demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that lives will be changed and souls will be saved. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, as we look into our scripture reading today, we see a portion of God's Word where Zacharias prophesies a very important message. The King is coming. The King is coming. This was and is the way people are alerted of an approaching King even today. A forerunner would run before the King's arrival and he would announce the news. The King is coming. And Luke in chapter 1 and verse 17, notice what it says here now. Think about this. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias and turn hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This was the duty of John the Baptist. To go ahead and proclaim the good news that the king is coming. But this was not just any king. This was the redeemer king. So first of all today as we look at this and we, we take notice of some things that are very important. In verse 39 down through verse 45 of, of our text of Luke in chapter 1. We see something here that I want you to get a hold of. You know, in the world in which we live today, I know that the time called Christmas is a very commercialized time in this world. And it is a time when, as it was discussed even this morning in the, in the time of devotion, that 
People do get carried away and they forget what the real reason is all about. It seems like we get so busy and caught up in, in, in uh, the getting and giving that we forget all about the greatest gift that was given, Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that was given was, as I said yesterday in our family's uh, uh, gathering, I said the greatest gift, and this is no new saying, but the greatest gift was not under the tree, but upon the tree. Folks, I want you to know something. This was the prophecy of Zacharias. And John the Baptist, his son, would bring forth the truth that the Redeemer King is coming. Verse 39 again, it says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out loud, she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now, I want you to stop right there for just a moment and realize the life that was in the womb. The Bible says when they mentioned the fact that the king was coming, when they mentioned the fact that Mary was with child of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that babe in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. Amen. It was his joy that he would proclaim to all who would hear, a Savior has come and his name will be Jesus. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Being interpreted, God is with us. Folks, I want you to know something. There was great joy that day, even amongst the babes in the womb. The Bible teaches us here that as soon as, she, as he heard the voice of the salutation, that he leaped with joy. Verse 45 says, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now I want you to stop right there for just a moment. And I want you to think about this. While John the Baptist was yet in his mother's womb, he was filled with joy, realizing that very soon Jesus Christ would be upon the scene. The Scriptures declare that, that Mary spoke of her miraculous condition to be. The babe within the womb of Elizabeth leaped for joy. Verse 44, again, we see that, that text where the Bible states this. For as low as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now I want you to stop right there for just a moment. The greatest thing that could happen in this house today is that you would realize that there's a coming King. The Redeemer King has come. And He come to save lost sinners. He came to pardon and give remission of sins to everyone who would repent and come to Jesus He'll do that today. He'll perform that very act in this house even this morning. As we gather in this house to worship, we talk about, uh, uh, and, and again, I love to talk about the birth of Christ. I don't care whether it's June, whether it's December, or whether it's August, or whenever it may be. I rejoice in the fact that a Savior came. He was virgin born and He gave His life that I might have life. Folks, that makes me, that makes me joyful today. 
I almost think of myself as, as, as like John the Baptist as, as John leaped for joy. Listen, when the day when I was saved by God's amazing grace, I could have leapt for joy that day because of the release that happened within my soul. That's what John was talking about. That was the joy that was filling his heart. This is why the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb for joy. In verse 76 down through verse 79, the Bible states, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high have visited us to do what? To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Listen, I want you to know this world cannot offer you the peace that we're offering here today through the Word of God. The peace that is offered today through God's Holy Word is a peace that passeth all understanding. It's a peace that settles the soul of a man or a woman or a boy or a girl who finally comes to the end of their rope and they realize that the only means by which salvation will come is through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So yes, as we look at this, and as the babe leaped for joy, he would go forth and announce the fact that the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world was born. And it would be His work to buy back those whom God had already given Him. John chapter 1, if you'll go there with me for just a moment. In John chapter 1, look with me at verse 29 to begin with. This here was the very same one that was still in the wound of Elizabeth when he leaped for joy the first time. And now as he's performing the very work that God called him to do that Zacharias prophesied that he shall do, he states this in verse 29, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This was the behold that John was ready to, to expound upon. This was the behold that John the Baptist wished to, to, to give hope to the world around him. Those that sat in darkness. Those that were stuck in ritualism. Just like he told those, those ones who came and wanted to be baptized. He said, you show me Proof of your salvation, in other words. Listen, folks, I want you to know something. Real proof comes when the real salvation hits the heart of man. Amen. It's a change that you cannot deny. And it's a change that cannot be hidden. It's like that proverbial light. Listen, that's, that, that's in the, the darkness. Listen, when the, when the light shines in darkness... Darkness cannot overtake light. Light always overtakes darkness. Consider that for just a moment. This was the, this was the message of John the Baptist. As he stated here, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This, he, this is He of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. For He was before me. And I knew Him not but that I should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it my boat upon Him. And I knew Him not. But He that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, the same as He which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. You know, as you celebrate the birth of Christ, realize that, listen, that babe that was in the manger that morning was actually the very Son of the living God of heaven. 
It was a miraculous happening that took place in that little manger. That little hole in that hillside where all the animals were kept, there came a mighty king. You know what? People look at me and they say, well, what do you mean there came a mighty king? Sounds to me like if he was a mighty king, he would have been born in a palace. But you know what? That's exactly what God did not want. God wanted to show mankind. He wanted to show the true Savior. He wanted to show the real King of salvation. He wanted to come forth and show Him as, as what He was in humanity. He was a poor and lowly man, but yet He was the very Son of God. The very Son of God. And what did He do? You see, John the Baptist was full of joy for this very reason. The Redeemer King is coming to take away our sins. Think about it. He's coming to take away our sins. Folks, that means more to me than any box under a tree. To realize that my Savior who gave His life on the tree Gave me the greatest gift that any man, woman, boy, or girl could ever receive. The gift of light and the gift of life. Think about these things for just a moment. You're sitting here today and you're lost and undone. You're sitting in darkness today. You're sitting in what is known as the region of death. You're sitting in the place where as you look out, there is no hope. And there is no hope in this world. This world can offer you nothing in a way of peace and joy. Oh, you may have fleeting moments of, of laughter and fleeting moments of relaxation. But listen, there is nothing quite like being saved by the grace of God. It's a peace that passeth all understanding. You say, well, how do you explain that? I can't explain it except for the fact that God touches and makes you whole. And that alone is enough to give you comfort and peace of mind. The Redeemer King is coming to take away our sin. In Isaiah chapter 1, and I know I read this a lot. I love this scripture. In Isaiah 1, notice what it says again in verse 18. Come now. Think about what Isaiah is saying here. This old prophet of God is wanting your attention. Notice what he says, and as I think about this fact, I want you to think about, I want you to think about, I want you to think about this old preacher. You know, uh, years ago, somebody was coming in the door, me and Brother Bomber were standing back there, and that man, he greeted me as John the Baptist, and Brother Bomber said, no, he's John A. Baptist. <laughs> I got tickled over that. I'll never forget that. But listen, you listen to this old Baptist preacher. You listen to what I've got to say because what I've got to say is a hope. It's an offering of salvation through the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an offering of being free from all your sins. Free from the, from the, from the, the condemnation of what sin brings. Free from the guilt of all of it. You say, preacher, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. This old preacher had done a lot of bad things too. But you know what? God's forgiven me of all of my sins. The Bible states here in Isaiah 1.18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And again, I want you to remember that word reason means to consider here. He says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, verse 19 there is an offering of hope to everyone that's sitting in the region of darkness right now. If you be willing... You know, I've heard men look at me and they say, hey, He won't save me. I don't believe He want to save me. 
But what does the Bible say? If you be willing. You know what happens when you're willing? God has already touched your heart. The Holy Spirit of God has already made you aware of your condition. And God, His Holy Spirit makes you willing in that day of visitation, in that day of salvation when your heart is made new, when everything around you changes. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Oh, my friend, now I believe John the Baptist, he had the right message. Behold, the king is coming. But it wasn't just any king. It was the Redeemer King. The Lamb of God. In 1 John in chapter 1, again there's an offering here to the weary traveler maybe in this house right now. In 1 John in chapter 1, I want you to look at these first few verses of Scripture. The Bible states that which was from the beginning which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Takes me back to Romans 10 and 8 where the Bible states that the word is nigh thee even in thine ear and in thy heart. He states here, he states this, the word which we have handled of the word of the Lord, the, 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 for the life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. You know what? Isn't that the truth? Every, every pastor Every preacher, every teacher that's worth anything at all has a desire to see those around him saved by God's amazing grace. Amen. Oh, I long to see souls saved and I pray for it every service. I pray God will touch the hearts of men, women, boys and girls, every service. I pray for the souls of men. I pray for you today that you will come to the end of yourself and you will quit offering excuses and say, Lord, here am I. Just like that old Philippian jailer, what must I do? Believe. You know, I've heard being saved. Well, He won't save me. Believe and thou shalt be saved. Believe with a heart. Believe that salvation has come. John the Baptist declared that behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He's come. He has come, folks. He was born of a virgin in that little manger. He was reared by godly parents. He come up through the ranks of teaching and preaching the Word of God. He lived a life that you and I could never live. And He lived to fulfill His Father's will. And He died. He bled and died that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly, John 10.10 says. To cleanse us all from sin. Bible says this then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To make us whole again. Remember that old song on page 378, Nothing But the Blood. 
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my part in this I see nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Listen, every one of us that are saved by God's amazing grace today, this is where our anchor holds. It's in the blood of Jesus. And this is the reason why we have peace today. We have joy. We have hope of tomorrow. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My friend, that is where salvation is. It is at the end of your own doing and at the work of Him who done it all. Salvation comes through the blood of Christ. Secondly today, do you feel the need of glad tidings? You know what? In this world in which we live today, you must feel the need of glad tidings because this old world is bleak and black and dark and she's getting more sinful every day. It seems like the total depravity of man is spilling over like a cup being filled that has no end. Sin is running rampant. Yes, I need some good news today. I need some good news today. I need to hear that another soul has come to Jesus. I long, I long to hear the good news that another person has trusted the Lord as their Savior. Glad tidings. John 1.17 or Luke 1.17, I'm sorry. Luke 1.17. The Bible states this and I want you to listen to it now. In verse 17, the Bible says again, and he shall be go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Listen. That's the reason why we're here today. Not only do we bring praise and honor and glory to the Father by being in His house. But we're here to give the good news. That there's hope for a lost and dying world. There's hope for you today. Salvation could be had in this house at this moment. It's to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. You see, that's what John was doing. He was telling everybody. And we're all disobedient. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, we were all children of wrath and darkness and disobedience. We're all born that way. Oh, today, listen to the faithful. Listen to the redeemed. Because we have the way of hope. We have the way of peace that passeth all understanding. And it's not through our good works or good deeds. Brother Jim brought that great lesson this morning. And it was about how that we cannot be saved by our, by our works and ritualism and deeds. But we're saved through the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're saved by the life and death of Jesus Christ. If we come unto Him. If we heed the words of the just. You say, you think you're awful, awful high on yourself, don't you? No. I'm just just in the eyes of God. I know I'm not just anywhere else. I know that in the eyes of God I stand as though I'd never sinned. Because when He looks at me, he sees the blood of His Son that has covered all of my sin. 
I can't begin to imagine it. And I really can't begin to explain it except for this. As God looks at me, He sees a redeemed child of His. Redeemed. Think about it. To be bought back. You see, we lost that state and standing when Adam and Eve failed in the Garden of Eden. We lost that. But now, He redeems us back. He pays the price of redemption. And it was His blood that covered our sins and made us whole again. John the Baptist's work was to show the people that they could see relief and happiness through the Redeemer King. He announced that He would, he would and could forgive sin and come. Sin. God's Word reveals this guilt complex upon humanity. Sin has filled every fiber of our being. We are totally depraved creatures as mere human beings. Sin has covered all of parts of us as humanity. You can go to Romans 1, 18 through 21. You can see Romans 3, verse 9 down all the way through verse 20. You can see what total depravity really looks like. It's, it's us. It's what we see when we look in the mirror. Totally depraved people capable of doing anything and everything but God. Oh, what works. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Friend, I don't know about you, but that's good news. Amen? That's the glad tidings that preachers bring today. That's the hope of salvation. The Apostle Paul was much like John the Baptist. He went forth giving the good news also. What did he tell that Philippian jailer? Listen to all the things that were going on and, and that old jailer was ready to give up his own life. He thought if he'd do it himself, he would spare him the, the cruel and, and the, the cruel punishment of the, of the government. But yet, Paul said, listen, don't do yourself no harm. He was going to tell him the way of hope and peace that passeth all understanding. He was going to give him something to rest in, wasn't he not? He told him about Jesus. He said, believe and thou shalt be saved. What's he going to believe? Everything that he'd been talking to him about through the singing and the praying, the preaching in the dungeon. The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The glorious gospel of Jesus. We go back and we think about, we can think about Felix. I'll get him right this time. I won't call him Festus. I've been watching way too much gun smoke. <laughs> Felix. And King Agrippa, listen, when Paul was with them, Paul didn't, Paul didn't, uh, he didn't beat around the bush either. He just told him, listen, you may be the king, but you need to be saved. In a roundabout way. He gave him the gospel, he gave him the truth, the reason why he was being locked up. King Agrippa said, almost. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Are you in that same boat today? Sinner friend, are you in that same position today where you say almost, preacher, you're that close? Be like Paul and say, oh, I wish that not almost, but altogether you were as me except for these bonds that you were saved by God's amazing grace. Amen. That's what any pastor wants to see. He wants to see people saved. He wants to see people going to heaven. He wants to see people turn their lives around. Any pastor worth his, worth his salt at all, he longs to see people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to hear what the just have to say. What is it that they have to say? Paul said, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The power of God. 
Do you believe? God's power can change you today. God's power can make you whole today. It's God's power that can save you and give you a new life this very day. And that's what John the Baptist was brought upon the scene to testify. That you have hope. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a mind to comprehend, there is hope for you today. He says, come unto me. I will give you rest. The Apostle Paul, he often spoke of the good news. Wherever the Apostle Paul went, he preached the glorious gospel. He gave his own testimony. You know, I hear men today make fun of preachers for giving too much of their personal life. Listen, Paul never cared, did he? Paul gave the gospel and then through his life that he lived, through what happened to him on the road to Damascus, he gave his testimony and the Lord used it greatly. But in that testimony, it wasn't all about Paul. It was what happened to Paul and through who it happened then. Salvation is of the Lord today. But I'll tell you this, you're in the right place. You know why I know that? Because the glorious gospel has already been spoken. What is the gospel? According to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1-4, through 4, it's the death, burial, and resurrection according to the Scriptures. That, my friend, is the gospel in a nutshell. There is no other means by which today men must be saved. There is no other name given under heaven today whereby you must come to Him and be saved. Come to Him today. That's what John the Baptist was saying. Listen, I've got the answer. He said the hope's right here in the Word of God. It's in the life that Jesus lived and gave that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So lastly, how should the message of the good news come to you? Through this glorious gospel. Through the glorious gospel. And I've just spoke to you about what that was in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. If you're here today, you're breathing. You have a mind to comprehend. This is the message for you today. This is the only message that will give you joy today. There is peace in the valley for the weary traveler. There's peace in the valley for that soul who's filled with anguish, for you fear that no one will ever care for you, but Jesus cares. We sing that song from time to time, Does Jesus Care? And I know that's written mainly to, to save people, for save people, but listen, Jesus cares for your soul today. He cared enough that He sent His only Son to die in your place, to pay your sin debt. That Jesus Christ would shed His precious blood. The Redeemer King has come. And He came to buy you back. There is peace in the valley. John chapter 3, verse 14, 15, and 16, the Bible states this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, I want you to know, that's the message that John wanted you to hear today. That's also the message that this John wants you to hear today. I want you to know that there's hope in Jesus, and there's only one way to get it. Listen, you believe what He done was for you. When you believe what He done was for you, you take it into your heart. Listen, there's nothing else that can happen but a rebirth of that soul. You say, well, how does all this come about? Listen to what Romans says. Romans in chapter 10. I'm going to come to a close here in just a little bit. I want you to think about this though. Romans in chapter 10 verse 8. But what saith it? Listen to me now. Hear what I've got to say, sinner friend. 
because this is your way of hope. This was what John wanted you to hear today. This is what this pastor wants you to hear today. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. It's here today. Right now, you have heard the word of faith. How that Jesus came to die on the cross for you. And that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him should not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, God has given you everything you need right here. He's given you the word of hope. He's telling you how to use it. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But the sight of Scripture here is found. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? I walk out that door on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'm asking myself, Lord, are they going to believe? Are they going to come to know Jesus as your Savior, as the Savior? Oftentimes I've walked out that door wondering, thinking, will not somebody come? Will you not come today? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see, that's where that gift comes from that Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 speaks of. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What's not of yourselves? The gift of faith. But it comes from God. How does it come from God? Through the preaching of the Word of God. Through the preached Word. It says in Romans 10, 17, there, then it says... So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The good news is that at this very moment in time, you are the one to whom this message is sent today. How do I know that? Because you're here. I don't believe in happenstance. I never have believed in chance. I believe God orchestrates everything. And it's either for your good for your damnation. It's either a saber of life unto life or a saber of death unto death, the Bible says. His word will not return unto him void. And the thing of it is, today you've heard the truth. You've heard the way of hope. You've heard how that this is the only way by which you may be saved. So, the good news is that you're in the very, at this very moment in time, you're in the one. You're the one to whom this message is sent. This message by John A. Baptist is being brought to your ears today to bring hope to the hopeless, joy to the saddened, relief to the burdened, and satisfaction to the oppressed. He still says, Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. You know, I cannot hardly get by that scripture from time to time, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. When the greatest thing that lies before you is the hope of Jesus Christ. And He simply says, you come unto me and I'll give you rest. You haven't found rest yet, have you? That's the reason why you're so aggravated with yourself and you say, He's not going to save me. Well, yes, He will. You believe. He'll save you. You come to Him in faith and He'll save you. How did you get that faith? By hearing God's Word. You've heard it today. The gift of faith could be yours. Come unto Him today. Trust and obey. Believe and be saved. 
Your life will not be the same from this point on. John the Baptist had a message. And the message was hope. The hope of salvation. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before Your throne, we thank You so much for the day which You've given us. Lord, we thank You that You filled the house today with Your people. Lord, I believe also there are others in this house that need to be saved, and I know You placed them in this place for a reason. And Father, today I pray that Your salvation may fall upon the hearts of lost boys, girls, men and women. That, Father, their lives may be changed completely and erratically. That the old life of darkness will be overwhelmed by the life of light. Lord, I pray that your salvation would come. Bless us today. Make yourself known in this house. And forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come. Let's go to 112.